welcome to Speaking of College. Welcome, it's your source for reliable knowledge. Oh yeah, we got Dr. P as your host. As your host, we gon' tell you what you need to know. Need to know. Need to know. The more you know, the more you grow. The more you grow. The more you know, the more you grow. Grow. Get more knowledge. Knowledge. Welcome to Speaking of College. Speaking of College. Yeah. New Year and welcome back to Speaking of College, your source for reliable answers to college-related questions. I'm your host, Amelia Parnell, and I have a really special episode for you today. On this last episode of Season 1, I'm going to share a conversation I had with three students who are currently enrolled in college. These three students, named Grace, Icy, and Hannah, were kind enough to describe what it's like to be in college right now, and we had a good conversation about their experiences. During the break, I'll tell you about a free resource that can help you compare colleges, and I'll wrap up the episode with a question about what to consider if you're transferring to a different college and want to make sure that you get credit for the courses you've already taken. Now let's get into the show. Welcome to Speaking of College, your source for reliable answers to college-related questions. I'm your host, Amelia Parnell, and today's episode is the season one finale. As I thought about how to close out the first season, I kept thinking about the purpose of the show, which is to give advice and experiences to help people who are either in college, thinking about college, or just curious about how it worked. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that the best people to describe what college is like today is students themselves. So I'm excited to have this conversation with some current students at the University of Alabama, and let me introduce them to you. Grace Williams is majoring in political science and has numerous minors in areas such as psychology, criminal justice, and education policy reform. Grace is from Williamsburg, Virginia, but has traveled to many places and grew up in several countries. After undergrad, Grace plans to go to law school and focus on education law to be an advocate for teachers and students. Icy is in her first year and majoring in elementary education with a minor in educational policy and reform. Icy is from the small town of Millport, Alabama, which is about an hour away from the campus, and her long-term goals include working as a principal and eventually a superintendent of schools, as well as earning a doctorate degree. Hannah is a junior majoring in collaborative special education with a minor in educational policy and reform. Hannah also grew up in a very small town in central Massachusetts and believes education is the great equalizer. And if every child in America had access to a quality education, many more people would have the ability to create the life they envision for themselves. Hannah's long-term goals include working as a teacher and researching and writing education policies. So Grace, Icy, and Hannah, welcome to the show. And it's time for our first question. So... Every episode I've had so far, I've invited somebody who works in the field of higher education or works with college students or knows something about college to, to take us back to the beginning. So for those who are listening, uh, I have worn a college t-shirt. This is from Florida A&M University. That's where I got my start. And I know where all of you all are at right now because you're at the University of Alabama. And we first met. Yep. If you could picture us all holding our t-shirts up. I got a chance to spend a, uh, an afternoon with you all talking about current trends across the country. And I enjoyed it so much that I'm so excited about this conversation. So I want to ask you all the same question that I ask all of my guests for the first time, which is to take us back. Now, I realize that uh, the, the, the mix of uh, years of progression varies. So some in the, the latter years of your study and some of you in the first year. But think back to the point when you had to make the decision that you wanted to come to the University of Alabama and maybe tell us a little bit about what influenced your decision. So let's start with Hannah. I think the biggest thing that I really wanted out of college was to get away from the small town that I grew up in and to just experience something totally different. 
So when I first started the process, I was really looking at big cities, um, Boston and New York City, kind of as my two options. And then I kind of just stumbled across the University of Alabama. I did it as a joke because um, my mom did not want me to move far away. And we ended up touring and I fell in love. And I just thought this was, you know, the best opportunity for me um, to really just get that different experience to really grow on my own away from my parents, away from everyone I grew up with. So I think just that really needing a change of scenery, wanting to experience something different was really what made me choose Alabama. Know what you mean, Hannah? So if you grew up in Massachusetts, <laughs> coming down to Alabama would be a big difference. So, uh, Grace, knowing that you came from Williamsburg, Virginia, at support of uh, the time you grew up, tell us a little bit about how you chose Alabama. Okay, yeah. Um, I chose Alabama. Um, it was actually the only out-of-state school I applied to. I, as well, was like, eh, Alabama, why not? And at the time, I, I was actually planning on going to school in Virginia, and I toured Alabama. I and I wanted that kind of big school, kind of that community have a good, like a lot of activities, but also like really good education. And um, I came to Alabama and we toured it and I fell in love. And I was like, okay, I have to go to Alabama. Like it was like, I, before I even went on the tour, me and my mom, we were just walking around. We're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to Alabama. And so I kind of like, I really wanted that, um, that big school, that beautiful, like you go on the campus and you feel like, okay, this is the school. And so, some schools in Virginia, they do have that, but the one I was like, I was like, okay, Alabama is just so different. And I kind of, I wanted that kind of city, kind of that college town and Alabama really did that for me. So, yeah. Yeah, I can definitely relate. And I see you and I have something in common because I chose Florida a University which is about an hour and a half away from where I grew up. So you grew up about an hour away from the Alabama campus. What influenced your decision to go to Alabama? Um, both of my parents actually attended Alabama. My grandmother attended Alabama, you know, in, eventually in her educational journey and um, her sister and her son. And it was kind of almost like, a, in a way, like a family thing, but not in like a pretentious way, in, in like a we all eventually were able to reach our goals and go here. And it was always just like, almost like a variation on like, I guess the American dream, like we all just wanted to go to the Alabama and to have that opportunity and knowing the history behind, you know, the journey to be able to attend there. And um, also like my mom, um, she has MS. And so I wanted somewhere where I could drive home if I was needed, you know, kind of closer to home. Because um, I wasn't too interested in being too far from my parents. That's not something that was on my journey. So um, it was a pretty easy decision when I was, you know, accepted in and we kind of got everything worked out financially. So thank you all for sharing that. I think I hear all the themes that kind of resonate with just about anybody. You're looking for the, the right mix of the location, the environment, the distance from home, the interests that you have. You're going to you know, ch change things up completely or have some things that are familiar. So I ask everybody that question. And it's always uh, interesting and fun to hear how someone's journey started. And a lot of what you all shared kind of were my factors, too, when I decided to go to college. So let's start off with the with the basics about the college experience. And so some of the guests we've had so far talk about the benefits of college and what it can offer you and things like that. Uh, let's start maybe with this time, Grace. What's something that you actually enjoy about college that you've enjoyed so far? 
Um, I really love like the sense of kind of community and kind of like finding your like tribe, sort of say. And I re- like I really enjoyed like getting to because whereas in high school, you have to take these classes, you have to do this in college, it's kind of up to you, you get to pick your schedule. And you get to like pick these classes that that really interest you and can kind of like you can study anything like you can there's so many classes that are different to take and like studying those and like diving more into that I really like that sort of sense in college and kind of it's it's up to you now instead of All right. So naturally, we probably could go across a long list of things that make college so special. But maybe let's think about the other side of the coin. Uh, I know that when you chose Alabama, you chose it for a lot of different reasons. But surely there was a moment where something surprised you. So I see what's something that surprised you about your college experience so far and why? I feel like um, it was a really big surprise about just how much like college is a balance of like risk and reward. And so, you know, you always hear from your teachers like, oh, it's all up to you when you get to college. And, and like, in a way, it's almost like they're trying to scare you into responsibility, but like, it really is all up to you when you get to college. So like, especially this semester with like COVID, you know, you have to decide, do I want to try to, you know, lean on the more conservative and safe side and protect myself and maybe sacrifice social stuff? Or do I want to, you know, be less conservative and see what I can do socially you know like it really is a balance of risk and reward and it really is up to you to deal with kind of the consequences and that surprised me more than I thought it was going to you know going through this first semester I definitely understand and um, I would love to tell you that the risk and reward balance uh, stops after undergrad but it only gets to be more intense when you go to grad school you know lots of things you have to balance at all times and so um, Hannah how would you answer that what surprised you about uh, college so far and why? I think coming from a small town it's just that literally like the resources the amount of resources that you just have at your fingertips to really go whichever way you want you know, whether it's research, you know, if you want to get involved with clubs, if you want to create relationships with professors, you literally just have so much at your fingertips to really create whatever life you want, in a sense. And I think that was just, that's what I wanted, but I didn't know if that was necessarily a real thing. And when I came to college, I pretty quickly saw that if you put a little effort in and you try and make those relationships, you try and meet new people, you really can do that. So I think that was the most surprising and also one of the biggest benefits of going to college. That's awesome. In the second half of the show, I'm going to treat you all as experts as you are and ask you some more specific questions for those who haven't been to college and want to know more about it. And one of my questions is going to be related to resources. So Hannah, we're going to come back to that when you said that there are resources around. I'm, I'm curious about what some of those are that you found to be helpful. But Grace, I want to leave you out of this conversation about surprising things. Uh, anything surprising to you so far? Um, I think what really surprised me was the amounts like how far teachers and professors will go to help you like I like and just like I'm in, in, in like when you're in high school teachers will tell you oh call, your professors aren't going to help you you're going to you're going to be on your own but when you go when you're in college and you need help or you you know there's office hours there's like and they're willing to help you and do whatever you know you really need 
to succeed. And it's really about taking that initiative. And, you know, if you just put a little bit of effort in, like you will, you'll succeed and they'll see that and they'll try to help you, which really kind of surprised me in college. And, and it's, so I really like that. Thanks, Grace. It's almost as though you knew I was going to ask the question because uh, an earlier episode, episode four, was all about college professors and some things that we uh, would love to have more students know about when, when trying to approach a professor and ask for office hours and what are office hours and what do they do with their time when they're not in the classroom. So really great example there. All right, so we're going to go to the break. And when we come back, I'm going to treat you all as the experts that you are and ask you to give us some expertise, expert advice, if you will, about how college students can navigate the environment and make the most of it. So we're going to go to the break and we come back, going to have expertise from each of the three of you. Did you know that the U.S. Department of Education has a free website that will allow you to see information about colleges across the country? That's right. The site is called College Navigator, and it's a resource that you can use to get lots of important details about various colleges across the United States. For example, the website provides information such as the number of students enrolled at each college, the approximate amount of tuition and fees for each college, and the rates at which students graduate. The website even has a feature that lets you create side-by-side -side comparisons of colleges. If this sounds interesting to you, just go to nces.ed.gov forward slash college navigator and start browsing. Now you know. Okay, so welcome back. So it's time for me to ask Icy, Hannah, and Grace for their expertise about what college students can do to really maximize the experience. And I know what question I want to ask first. So in the beginning, I asked you all what some of the factors were when you were choosing the University of Alabama. Imagine that there's a student out there who's in the process of applying for college themselves. What advice would you give them at this juncture when they're getting ready to decide where they want to go, but they're in the process of putting together their materials? So they know where they want to go. They think they might know what the steps are, but maybe there's something they need to keep in mind. What advice do you have for them? So let's start with Icy. Um, I feel like I feel better about this question because like I'm a freshman, so I'm kind of coming off of these decisions. Um, the main thing is like if you aren't satisfied with your ACT, take it again. Like do it. You know, there's no shame in taking it multiple times. I took it, I think six times, and I finally got the score. And that one point is the difference between you know, not paying tuition and paying, you know, a significant amount of tuition. So take it again. And um, also like when you're going for scholarships, like just do the long shot. Like even if it seems like it's a long shot, just do it because two of my major scholarships that fund my education, you know, one of them I only got an interview because one of the girls moved away and like it was a fluke that I even got the interview, you know, and the other one like it was out of a massive pool of people, but take a chance on the long shot and give it a shot because you never know like how anything's going to shake out. So like if you're on this journey, like just take a chance on yourself because you really honestly don't know how anything is going to turn out. I see. I think that's a metaphor for life. I mean, you made it practical and said, hey, take the long shot for applying for scholarships. But I mean, I could say take the long shot on a lot of things. It might turn out better than you thought. Um, the other piece of advice is really practical advice in terms of taking the ACT and SAT again, if you need to. I know that some uh, get nervous about that and say, well, you know, the first time doesn't go well. No need to take it again. I absolutely agree. The second time could be easier because you know what to expect. So thank you for those pieces of advice. Grace, what would you give as, in terms of advice to students who are in the application process? I would say 
basic take take any opportunity that comes up so for like do like do a bunch of clubs like get involved like before like you you apply or like or even that last semester of like high school just get involved because ACT and your GPA, yes, they matter a little bit, but they look up at, at the whole student, the whole person, what are they doing? And so like those clubs, those whatever you do in high school, those kind of set you apart. So let, if you don't have a great SAT or ACT score or, or like you have an okay GPA and you're not the top tier, it's okay because schools will accept you. There will, and they will look at the whole rounded person outside of just that grading GPA. And like I see said, take it again, take like, it doesn't matter how many times you take it because they don't care how many times it take, you take the SAT, ACT score, as long as you get that, that, that your best score, they round, they range it out. And so it can help you. And also don't let those uh, negatives, those um, schools that reject you, get you down because there will be other opportunities that come up and you will go to college eventually. And it may not be what you originally thought, but something could come out that is better. More nuggets of advice. Two pieces of advice that are absolutely really good. I think uh, one of the main points from earlier episodes is about the importance of getting involved when you're in college. And so the advice you gave about getting involved in clubs and activities in high school for those who want to continue that in college is equally as beneficial to make new friends and understand the campus even better. So Hannah, you know, the bar gets higher. Is there anything more you would ask when we take, we're talking about taking risks and going big? Uh, what would you give as advice for those who are applying for college? I love this topic because I really wish I could redo my whole senior year and like the application process. I love that I came to Alabama and I wouldn't change that, but it's just such a complicated year. Um, I think my biggest piece of advice is to be picky about the colleges you apply to. I went to high school with a girl and she applied to 15 different schools simply because they sent out the free application. And like, it's very nice that they give you a free application, but if you have absolutely no intention of going to that school, like why waste your time on the application? And I would just say, if you have the means to visit the school, you know, go at least once. If you can go multiple times, do it. Just really try and engage with that atmosphere as much as possible before you apply and make your decision, because it is a big decision. This is a quite literally a, a life-altering decision that you're going to make. So I think take it seriously, which is very hard to tell 17 and 18-year-olds because you just can't grasp that. I certainly did not grasp that, but be picky. And then the other big part that I would say is really have an honest conversation about money because um, school costs money. I was very naive to that. I knew school costed money, but I was kind of like, oh, I'll get a scholarship. My parents will help me. It will all be okay. My dad was in the military, so I have the GI Bill. Everything will be fine. I won't have to pay for school. That's not true. It's not true for a lot of people. And it's much easier to have the conversation of, okay, this is our budget. This is what we can afford, or this is what we can take out on loans, than to say, well, this school is too expensive. You've already been accepted, but you can't go there, which is the conversation that I had to have with my parents. So really take the money seriously because that's a very big component. And then I would just say like I see and Grace have touched on is, you know, apply to every scholarship you can. That's free money. 
um, take AP classes or college credit classes in high school, take that seriously as well. That's something I wish I had done. And I guess just to end on a positive note, have faith that everything will work out where you're meant to be will eventually come out and you will make a good decision. You know, it's such a stressful time, but also enjoy that you get to pick a school that you get to go to college um, and just know that it will, it will work out. That's great. It seems like the perfect soundbite to end the show, but I'm not ready to end the show because I got a couple more questions for you all. Um, it is indeed a life altering decision. And you've added even more expertise uh, to this conversation because the cost part is is super important. It was episode one of the whole show, which was speaking of college costs, because the number one factor for many will be how much does it cost to go to college? All right. So we've started with your advice for students who are in the process of applying. Let's move to the next phase. Let's think about those students who are actually in college. And so, uh, uh, same type of advice, uh, but with a different frame. What what would you like to give? And maybe this might be for your peers because you're currently enrolled right now. Um, but maybe think about someone else who's enrolled in college. And, and what advice do you have for them? Hannah, you've, you started off well, which is to, to have faith that it's going to work out. But I would say, uh, Grace, what would you add to that? Um, I would add to those who are in college or who are just starting college is to take your freshman year college classes seriously, because those are like the most important classes that you will probably like that you start off and take and that will affect everything. It kind of goes in because if you don't have a great freshman year, everything you have to work to, to get to make it better. And also, like I was saying, like, just get involved, join as many clubs or do whatever, like, as like you um, can, because that's how you meet your friends. You don't just, you also like, you meet your, your peers and to, to, instead of just like being in your dorm room all the time is just to get out and get involved, meet people, do different things, do clubs and like that you wouldn't think that you would be interested or doing. that could be some of you like the best like things and even classes that like, Yes, like your major and minor classes are very important and your gen eds are important, but also take some like electives that you wouldn't think that like you would take or that like you couldn't fit in your schedule, but like just take those classes because those will be like some of the most rewarding classes that you will take and you'll you'll come out better. And also like talk to your professors, your like make relationships. Um do do all those things because those relationships will help you in the long run. Also, if you are applying to grad school, if you go to law school or whatever, like those relationships will help you. Like they'll help that also like they will help you with um like recommendations, with um like extra work you can do and just kind of just like having those and like bonding those relationships because like forming relationships in college is really important because some of those relationships you can have down the road and like for years to come. Mm-hmm. So many pieces of good advice. I see. I think they're not all taken though. What advice would you give <laughs> to students who are currently enrolled right now? Um, my biggest advice is that it's okay to call home and um, it's okay to come home. And I feel like um, when I went into college, I feel like I needed to make a million friends and I needed to be constantly with my friends. And that was the expectation of what college was gonna be. And COVID really, really messed me up. And like, I kind of had almost, um, I guess some sort of imposter syndrome. Like I'm not doing college right because I'm not really making a ton of social connections. And honestly, don't be so hard on yourself because it's COVID. Like, 
nobody else has had to do this before so like you know breathe but it's okay to call home and talk to your sister like it's okay to give yourself a virtual study session with your like your old friend from high school like it's okay to call home and to just keep the same support system that you had you know you don't have to be um ashamed of needing the support from home that's what i would tell somebody like don't be afraid you know to have your support system from home that's totally okay mm-hmm. that is awesome advice i can tell you honestly the advice that it's okay to call home is something that everybody needs to hear right now or call or call anybody honestly because you just brought up the the nice segue to the the follow-up question i have and hannah this one's for you um we're in a pandemic you know we're talking about college as though it was the same a year ago as it is right now and in very, a lot of different ways it's very different so for the students who are enrolled right now in the middle of a pandemic um i know it looks different for every campus so we won't go into the weeds about how to actually attend class and how to prepare and things like that but what would you offer us some advice for a student who's in college right now in the middle of a pandemic about how to manage it. Um, I see, I think you set up the stage pretty well about uh, making sure that you know that it's okay to say you need help and then to connect to people. But um, Hannah, what would you add to that? I would just start by saying that even though we're in such crazy times and it is very hard and even complicated to go to school right now, I think you can absolutely still get a really, really good education it's probably going to be a little bit harder. It's You're going to have to work in different ways, but it's still absolutely possible. This past semester, I would argue, was my best semester so far at college. Um, so it's absolutely possible. And just as far as staying engaged and connected, you know, if you can go to in-person classes safely, try and do that. You know, even on Zoom, get on your Zoom call, turn on your camera, talk to your professors, talk to your peers, just try to engage that way. And then another experience that I know Alabama does, and I'm sure almost every university and college does, is that all those guest speakers that usually come in person, a lot of those have been moved on to Zoom. So I would argue it's probably easier to go to those speeches now, but it's also even more important because that's a very easy way to stay engaged with your school, to stay engaged with your peers, meet new people, and also learn something. So I really think that's an easy way to stay engaged with your school. And again, you can get, it's not real human interaction on Zoom, but you can get some human interaction. So go on those Zoom calls. You know, Your professors need it just as much as you do. So really try and talk to as many people as you can. I know what you mean, Hannah. I need it too. That's why I couldn't resist asking you all to join me for this show. I had so much fun when I joined you all in class. So, um, you know, Grace, is there anything you would add to that in, in terms of how to manage it right now in the current times we're in? Um, I would say um, just like go to class. Um, and even like because Zoom, it makes it easier to attend class because you can you don't have to like walk across campus you can just you can just hop on zoom and pay attention and just like just study and work you have more time now i feel like because there are zoom class like there are zoom classes and just to like in terms of like studying and staying on top of your classes and also don't let those um like 
the de- deadlines get away from you because I remember because being um, having so many online classes because the, actually th- this class was my only in-person class. All my other classes were on Zoom. And so sometimes just having all those Zooms and always being at home, you, ev- all the days tend to blend into one another. And so just by just writing them down or you know setting alarms on your phone just to stay on top of those deadlines so that you don't forget because I know there's times like, oh my gosh, it's Thursday, I have to do this. And so just just don't let those deadlines get away from you. you know, find a way to make yourself remember, to make yourself do, those, do that work and not just lay in bed. And also one more thing before um, I finish, I just want to say that like it's okay to not be okay during this time because I know because of everything's on Zoom, everything's online, you know, that that terms of that human interaction is limited and that can take a very um, effect on some people's mental health and that that is just like, it's okay to not be okay during this time and that like, it's okay to, you know, to not sometimes, you know, to not get out of bed or to just stay at home and just like stay in your PJs all day or whatever, you know, it's okay to not do that. And also there's so many like resources kit back and help during this time. And to, you know, like Isis said, call your parents, tell your, you know, talk to your mom, tell them you're okay, you know, and that, you know, you miss them or whatever. So I'm going to say it's okay to not be okay. Absolutely. Grace, I, I know exactly what you mean. Every week, at least one time per week, I forget what day of the week it is. And, and it's usually either Tuesday or Wednesday. If it's Wednesday, I think it's Tuesday. If it's Tuesday, I think it's Wednesday. Um, your All of your advice has been exceptional, especially the part about writing things down. I have a, a ton of sheets of paper with scribbly notes and reminders all over the place. So yes, these days have started to run together. So, okay, so we're getting close to the end of the show and Hannah referenced in the first half of the show about resources that could help you. So Hannah, I'm going to ask you about that question last, but I want to start with Icy. Um, you mentioned that it's okay to call home and talk to friends and, and do those things, but in terms of tangible resources, have, have there been any things that you've taken advantage of since you've been in college? It doesn't have to be just for the pandemic, but things that have helped you out uh, tremendously that you think would be good for people to know to take advantage of themselves? Absolutely. I think that um, academic advisors don't get enough credit. Um, the academic advisor that I have, she actually um, got to speak with me on a tour, and she's one of the reasons that really sold me on, you know, the college and the major that I'm in. And um, they have so many resources for like different programs. Like they, she got me started in the minor that I'm in, and um, they have information on different scholarships, different. Um, programs or, you know, little volunteer activities that you, you know, within your interest that you may not have known about. So talk to your academic advisor, shoot them an email. Um, also, your professors and TAs, like, like, I feel like going back, like I was saying, like, your your high school teachers try to scare you, like, oh, your TAs, and they don't care. They absolutely care. And it's been so many times where if you just shoot your professor an email or shoot your TA an email, you really don't know, you know, they care. They will send you an email back. They will respond. They will work with you. They're not mean. You know, they're humans and they're really great resources. And a lot of them remember being in your shoes and they really want to work with you and it helps you so much. So if for me, just don't be afraid to send people emails. Talk to your academic advisor. Talk to your professors. Those are really great resources because they were in your shoes at one point or they've been trained to have the resources that you would need. So those are the resources that I would recommend. 
Fantastic. Absolutely agree 100% on both of those. I wish I had gone to see an academic advisor more often when I was in college. Probably would have saved me a bunch of time. So Grace, let's come back to you. What resources would you uh, suggest as students navigate college to be exceptional for their journey? Um, I would say some of the biggest resources, not only is your academic advisor very important to speak to just about anything, but also on the writing center. The writing center is some is one of the probably the biggest resources that a lot of people forget about because in college, depending on what major you are, whatever, you are gonna write a lot of papers. You will, and so those um They'll, they'll help you from starting your paper to proofreading and reading. They'll, and so it that that is one of the biggest helps that has not only helped me, but like I know it has helped a lot of people and that you should just, you shouldn't forget about the writing center because I think almost every college campus and university has a writing center to help you. And then another thing would to um, take advantage of those teachers and professors um, office hours. Because if you are struggling, or even if you don't know, and I, I get it can be scared to talk to your your teacher because you could be in a class of like 400 people and it's hard to you know raise your hand or like in the middle of their, of their lecture. And so if you come to those office hours, you can get your question answers. And sometimes also you can only just talk to your professor because something that, like most times most people don't no one comes to their office hours and so they just want someone to talk to and that also helps with um creating those relationships yeah as well and then also um with your professors like those TAs are important because I know um professors they can be scary and you know but TAs are necessarily more closer to your age and so they can kind of help you a little bit more and it's more of like a more sort of casual relationship and not super so scary. Awesome. I see. Grace, thank you so much. So Hannah, if you were to add to uh, an academic advisor and office hours and TAs and the writing center, is there another resource that you might put on top of that to encourage students to, uh, to continue on and that it might help them out tremendously? I don't know about a different one, but I definitely would just, you know, agree with both of them that professors um, and TAs are so important. And I would even take that further as saying when you come to college try and find a mentor um, I think that can be your biggest resource I know as a education major that's where that's literally ingrained in our head is that as soon as you get your first teaching job find a mentor and I say that's just as important in college um, TAs that I've had have not only been great mentors to me but have become really close friends of mine and have just helped me in ways that I didn't even think possible. They've helped me with internships. Um, Peyton has helped me, has talked to me through just some grad school basics um, with research, all those things. I think it's just in high school and just coming to college, it's, you know, it's a different level. Professors seem just so much scarier than a teacher in high school. Um, don't be afraid of them. They if you, I always, I think the biggest thing that I learned in my first year of college is if you put effort in and you care, they will care too. So if you reach out to them and you show some sort of interest or you just need some help answering a few questions, I think then they will put that effort back into you nine times out of 10. So I think really connecting with those professors, connecting with the TAs, because sometimes the TAs may just have more time to have more in-depth conversations with you about really anything. Um, and just, I think building those relationships, I, one thing I wish I had really done 
my previous semesters that I started this semester was just sending at the end of the semester, sending a quick email, just saying, thank you so much. And just really, again, building that relationship because you never know who those professors may know or what they have previously Mm -hmm. done before they were a professor. So, you know, just building a real relationship with them can really open so many doors as well as just being a helping hand. Oh, well, I mean, I think that's it. I I would love to ask you more questions for which you would be the expert, but we got to save some for later, right? I think at some point we got to leave our audience wanting more. So I want to wrap the show up with a question that I ask everybody. So in the beginning, I asked you the question that I ask everybody about how they got their start. And I know that we touched on some of this in the expertise area of what would you tell those who are currently enrolled and what would you tell those who are thinking about college? Let's go more kind of cheesy, if you will. I like the cheese factor. Uh, if you could prepare a backpack for somebody who's going to be going to college in the next six months, thinking about all that you've learned so far, all that you figured out about college, what's one thing that you would put in that backpack and why? And so let's let's start with Icy. This one is really easy for me because like the third week of classes, we had just a downpour and I thought my raincoat was great. It was not great. It was really bad. And um, I was soaked and I had like a 8 a.m., a 9.30 and like a 11.30 or like, but they were right beside each other. So it was just a really terrible day, you know, like walking to class in the rain at 8 a.m. and getting soaked. So like getting yourself a good raincoat, like for me, like saran wrap, like heavy, because you never, like, especially with this Alabama weather, you just can't tell. So like, just get yourself a really, really, really good raincoat that would be my advice because I thought my raincoat was ready it was not I had to get a new one so (laughs) just get a good raincoat that would be like my number one tool to recommend to somebody that's awesome. So it's so practical and definitely a definite thing that you want to have in a backpack so a raincoat okay Hannah what would you add to it so my thing is when you start your college journey um is to get like a notebook not an agenda, a notebook, something that you can keep all four years or however long it may take you. Um, And each class you take, I would recommend you write down your professor's name, their contact info, and then kind of a life lesson or something really important that you learned in the class. It doesn't have to do with the actual subject that's discussed in the class, but I think just something that kind of reminds you of that professor. And I think maybe I thought of this because of the teacher in me and I'm always, you know, developing my philosophy of education and my pedagogy. But I just think that's a great way to, again, build those relationships, but also, you know, gain little tidbits of wisdom and knowledge that you can then relay to either your friends, your peers, me, one day, my students. Um, I think just really to... It goes by in a blink of an eye. So really to remember each little teacher and semester and part of college that really transforms you because even those gen eds, when you're in a huge lecture hall with 400 kids, you do learn something. And in some way, I think it does transform you. So just to really remember that part. That's so, that is so cool. A notebook and a raincoat. Grace, what would you add to the backpack? Um, I, I would add like an agenda or planner because I think like it's really important like when you get those classes is to go through your syllabus and write down every due date every assignment everything and it 
can help you. Like I started doing this, I like a, like a little later than I probably should have is, but like, it's really helped you and really changed to help you stay on top of things, help you stay on top of um, your classes and stuff like that. And then also, um, also always have like pen and paper always because you don't know some teachers like will accept laptops and stuff but always have pen and paper because I know people who carry the laptop and that's the, they're the only thing they have but you always need pen and paper because you never know when you're going to write something down or need to write and just take notes so those are my yeah. things that I would always have in my backpack. Well, you know, if I could tie all this together, I'm going to say the same thing I've said to every single one of the guests before you. I want the backpack. Everything that you all described, I have to have that, even in my post-college years. So if I could tie all this together and really go cheesy, I hope you'll go with me on this and just say, um, there will be rainy days. There will be days when you're in college and things go unexpectedly and you think, oh my goodness, you know, the sky's falling. What am I going to do? Um, to be able to remember that it's okay to call home and it's okay to go to that professor and, and send them an email and you have a notebook that shows you exactly who who's been caring about your progress the whole time. And then to put pen to paper and actually write down your goals and say, I'm planning out a future for myself and see that it actually works out. I think that would encourage students to take the long shot. Go, go big and there's risk and reward there. But on the other side of that, you could achieve great things. And so it might be that you end up as a, a teacher or a principal or an attorney or a policymaker or a researcher or going to get your doctorate. And I see Grace and Hannah, it has been a pleasure to talk with the three of you. I think that if anybody listened to this show were to hear the advice that you gave, they would feel better about their decisions and their journey. I wish the three of you the best. Thank you so much for joining me. And I really, really appreciate it. It's time to ask Dr. P, ask Dr. P, ask Dr. P, get the S's that you need. Today's question is from Gabrielle in Florida. Gabrielle writes, Dear Dr. P, if I'm thinking about transferring to a different college, will I have to take any of my classes again at the new college? Gabrielle, this is a really good question, and I have two suggestions to help you get to your answer. Now, although I don't know the major that you've selected or the college to which you're thinking about transferring, I'm assuming that you want to keep the current major that you've already selected. If that's true, I think the best first step is to find out if your new college offers the same major or a similar one. If they do, try to get a list of the courses that are required for that major. The next step is to try to contact your new college and ask how you can get what's referred to as a degree audit. That's the process by which a professional, likely someone who works in the Office of Academic Advising or the Registrar's Office, will compare the courses you've already taken to the courses that are required at your new college. The degree audit process will help you determine how long it might take you to complete the degree, which will also help you understand how much it could cost. If you complete these two steps and decide that you'd like to change colleges, I have a bonus suggestion, which is to meet with an academic advisor again to discuss a parallel path. You may recall that in episode two, Dr. Danifu Elston mentioned that it's good to identify several options for majors in which the courses you're taking can be applied. That way, if you have an interest in changing your major at some point later, you can do so without many delays. If you take these steps, I think you'll have a good amount of information to make your best decision. Thanks again for a great question. If you're listening to this show and you have a question about college, you can write me at amelia at speakingofcollege.com and I'd be glad to answer and maybe feature your question on a future episode. For now, that brings this episode and season one to a close. I really enjoyed this first season. And I have so much more in store for you as I bring even more discussions and topics to help everyone learn about how college works and how to make the most of the experience. If you like what you've heard so far, come back on February 1st, which is the release date for season two, episode one, where I'll talk with Dr. Ebenezer Monty Gallagher about what makes community college so special. In the meantime, I hope you have an inspiring day.